Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today we're talking about finances and I brought on just the expert for this topic. Today's guest is, is Lindsay Nellison, also known as your money BFF. She's a money coach that specializes in helping young professionals become more financially secure. She's helped thousands of 20 to 30 something year olds learn how to grow their money through investing without sacrificing the things that they love. And today we're talking about passive income, how to you know, manage your finances, how to, how to just be responsible with this kind of stuff. Cause I feel like a lot of people get eager beaver about growing their business and they don't pay attention to the financial stuff. So it's gonna be a great conversation, very impactful. And I'm excited to have you here. How are you doing today, Lindsay? I'm good, James. I'm excited to be on. Heck yeah. Super pumped. It's always a fun topic. You know, some people are like, Oh, I feel like I should watch this or listen to this, but, uh, <laughs> it, it'll be fun. Know? I promise. Yeah, Finances no. are fun. Yeah. Cool. Also scary sometimes, but yeah, they're fun when you get them dialed in, right? Yeah. Yes. It does become more fun once you get them dialed in. For, for sure. Okay. So I would just love to hear, you know, a quick background, your story. What made you decide to, you know, start your own business and go into this of being a financial coach, a money coach? Yes. So this is kind of a long story. So bear with me. I told James before this call that I would say I'm an average storyteller. So <laughs> you can all judge me. Um, so I, when I graduated from college, I quickly learned like my salary is not going to cut it. Like if I want to have a million dollars or whatever, I was making my first job out of college. I was making like $42,000 a year. Um, and I was like, wow, I really want to make 100K. That's not going to cut it. So I started looking into all of these passive income ideas. Um, I started listening to like Pat Flynn and Side Hustle Nation and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I made a couple blogs, neither of which worked out. Um, but I really wanted to start my own business because I really wanted passive income. So I was working really hard starting these blogs. And then I realized, hmm. <laughs> Having a business is kind of a lot of work and I don't have time for this right now. Um, so I started looking more into investing and that's when I realized, oh, if I just put money into the stock market, I don't really have to do anything. I just have to put it in there. I'm a good saver. And so then it'll just grow and I'll have passive income that way. I was like, oh, okay, great. But so I did. And that's been really great. But I still wanted to have a business because I wanted to have like an impactful hmm. thing that I could like give back, but also like make money and still have that dream of passive income. Hmm. And so I, I was kind of spinning my wheels for several years. And then in 2020, when the pandemic happened, like a lot of people, I got laid off because my company kind of imploded. So after I got laid off, I was like, okay, I think this is the time to start my business. Um, I ended up taking an online course that would teach me how to create an online course, mm -hmm. which sounds kind of scammy, but it wasn't. It was fantastic. Who's was um, it It was by Danielle Leslie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, it was very expensive, but I was like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, then at least I tried. Um, but after like three months of doing that class, I sold my first course and then I sold another nice, one and nice. then I was able to help people, um, learn how to manage their money better, become more financially literate. And then I sold another one and another one, another one. And it just started, started kind of compounding. So that just became my full-time thing for a while. Um, and so that's the long story of how I got into 
business and investing. Sick. That wasn't that long. You could have gone on way longer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's super cool. And I love the topic of passive income. I remember when I first, so I built like six digital products because I knew that like, oh, if you make an online course, you know, like you can make passive income. Sounds easier than it actually is. And I built like like six digital products. So like online courses and eBooks, mostly online courses. And I put a ton of time into them. Just like, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Keep swinging. And uh, I kept failing and just being left there staring at my computer with a big fat zero staring back at me. And I'm just like, God, this sucks. And then I learned from Graham Cochran, who we have a mutual mentor um, who's Ramit Sethi. So Graham learned from Ramit and I started diving into Ramit as well. And those guys really taught me about the right way to do it and a more strategic way to, to create a digital asset, which is what an online course really is, um, that can just work for you. And uh, long story short, I ended up launching a productivity course. I did my customer research and all the right things. I was like, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it legit step-by-step. And I did it and I like sent out all my emails and everything. It was just like, fingers crossed, hope it makes something, you know? And then I got notified opening my computer that I had $197 staring at back at me. And I'm like, oh, holy crap, you know, I freaked out. almost gave my girlfriend a heart attack. And she's like, what are you freaking out about? I'm like, I made $197. And before that I've made like, you know, I've done like 3K deals, 5K, even $10,000, like, you know, big coaching packages and things, which are awesome. It's cool to make like a big chunk of cash, but then it's like, okay, well now I got to like deliver, you know, and it's this whole thing. Um, and with an online course, people still have to be happy with it, but making like $200 without ever meeting the person just from some free content and a series of emails and some automations was like the cool, it was cooler than making 10 grand in a day for me. Uh, so it really is cool. But you know, like we were talking about before we hit record is that it does, still require ongoing work. And I'd kind of like to hear like from you and your experience, and I'll I'll jump into just about like what passive income really is versus what it isn't. And your experience with like courses and different types of passive income, like investing in that kind of stuff. Can you touch on that? Ooh, I love that question. Um, And to your point, I love also hearing from you, James, that you had to hire a mentor before you were successful. Like Uh I think as somebody who is kind of a natural saver, um, I felt like I wanted to go into it really cheap and not like spend a lot of money trying to start a business that I was trying to make money from, but really like hiring that mentor or coach or whatever, like truly made the difference for me. So it's interesting to hear that that was the case for you too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, And back to your question about what passive income is and isn't. To me, passive income is something that I maybe set up at some point earlier in my life. And now, however long later, I don't have to do anything. And I'm just like making money from it. And there are a couple different ways that you can define it as well. That's my definition. But even then, I have like two different ways that I think about it because of the way that investing works that, again, I had no idea about this until I really started looking into it. So when it comes to passive income, there's like the kind that I always think about, which is like every month or whatever time period, I'm getting money straight into my bank account like that I can spend. But then there's this other type of passive income that's not necessarily income, but it's kind of like your money is growing passively. And that can be something like stocks, for example, where I have my my stock account, just to put it in really simple terms, and every 
like every so often I'll go and check it and I'll be like, oh, there's more money in there, even though I didn't put anything in there. I have in the past, but not anymore. Um, it's just keeps growing. And that's just because the value of the account keeps growing, not because any more of my money is being deposited into it. Um, so there's growth and then there's income, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Well, is it, so would you say like the, the growth, I guess, would even be like your retirement in really simple example? Yes, absolutely. It could be retirement or something that's put off for a longer period of time. Usually I like to say at least five or 10 years is stuff I use growth for, whereas stuff that's maybe five years or sooner, I would want to use something more like um, maybe a high yield savings account that just gives me money every month or something right. like that. Yeah, it is tricky with like, I don't know, there's just so many, there's so many videos online yes. it, where it's like, $500 a day, $5,000 per month, like do nothing. And like, yep. you know, we, we were talking before we hit record about like what people want to hear versus what they need to hear. And I'd rather be the guy that shares what you need to hear than what I just, what you want to hear. You know, I mean, it could even be that like, some people talk about like YouTube videos, like you package it to where it's like, that's what they want, but you deliver inside your content of what you actually need. Um, like the number one way to get more subscribers and it comes down to like having, you know, good audio is what like they really need to hear to, or something like that, you know, but if you just positioned as how to have better audio, it wouldn't get nearly as many views. So it's just interesting with like passive income because, you know, my understanding of passive income, what's worked for me is to build, like we said, digital assets, systems, and things that can do the heavy lifting for you really. And then it takes tweaks, it takes care and monitoring like email sequences, for example, to offer your online course, you can put it out there, get as good as you can, but it doesn't mean it's going to start making sales right away. After a little while of getting some traffic in, you start to see like, oh, email three is actually like, every, like a ton of people are unsubscribing. So there's something wrong with this email. And then you can go through and make the tweaks and fine tune it down the road. But then eventually when you get it dialed in, you have this thing that can be working for you. And that is the realistic approach to passive income. So it takes time. It takes a lot of upfront work doing research and planning and building and things to eventually get that result of where money could be made for you. And you have less and less engagement later on, at least when it comes to online courses, because that's more of like my thing. Um, investing is more of your thing. When it comes to investing, when you, I mean, you've been like talking about like myths and kind of what things are and what they aren't. When we hear about investing in the stock market and stuff, that alone, because people have so much data and information is like, can be scary for people or it can be exciting or it could be like, that sounds like a bad idea, but they know they should do it at the same time. So it's like good idea, but bad idea. So what from your years of experience and everything in this and learning what's worked for you, what are some of the best things or I guess socks that we can invest in um, just as like people, if we're just trying to start making money passively in terms of investing, is there any specific things to look out for? What do you recommend? Yeah. So that's actually kind of a loaded question and a myth in itself because mm -hmm. everybody asks the question, what should I be investing in right. when that's not really the question that you should be asking upfront. Um, there are so many things that you should have really dialed in in your own finances before you start investing. Um, because what investing is in the, the kind of, I don't want to say it's safe, but it's the safer quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, way to invest is by 
investing in the stock market itself rather than any individual company. So mm -hmm. the analogy that I like to use, ironically, is the stock market is definitely like a casino, um, <laughs> but not it, in yeah. the way that you think. So you could go, everybody thinks that to get rich, they need to go, if they're going to make money from a casino, they think that they need to go in and they need to sit down at, a, at the right machine that's going to give them their, you know, big cash, right? Mm. But the reality is, if you go into the casino, you're going to going to sit down at like six different machines and you're probably not going to win big on any of them. Maybe you'll get a couple pennies from some of them, but in the end, you're probably going to end up with negative dollars in your bank account, which wouldn't necessarily happen from stocks, but just in this example. Um, so you're not going to win big on any of them. Meanwhile, you're looking at the guy across the room in the casino being like, how did that guy just make half a million dollars in five minutes, right? It is literally exactly the same thing with the stock market. Hmm. So you can see all these people that are quote unquote making money from the stock market, but it never seems to work for you, at least at first. But when you go into the casino, who's always winning at the casino? The house. Yes, exactly. The house always wins. That's what they always say. So instead of going to the casino and trying your luck at each of these slot machines and also doing all this research, like trying to pick, oh, what slot machine am I going to use? Like, oh, it looks like that one's really hot right now. Maybe I should go to that one. Same thing with stocks. It's exactly the same psychology. You go and you see the stocks and you're like, oh, like Tesla is doing really well right now. Like I should get in on that. Everybody does that um, when they first start thinking about investing. And so instead of doing that, you can join the house and you can do that by buying the stock market itself, which you can do by buying something called an index fund. Have you ever heard of those before? Yeah. Re yeah. Uh, you've you've read. Yep. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there are lots of different kinds of index funds these days, um, but the ones that are normally referred to by people like Ramit Sethi and me are um, things like total market index funds or S&P 500 index funds. And what that means is it just it mirrors the performance of the entire stock market all at once. So it's like you're buying all of the stocks, but just in really, really small pieces. Hmm. So if you buy an index fund, you can have Apple, Microsoft, Google, Tesla, like all of them put together. And that way, if, you know, one day Microsoft does really bad, but Apple's doing really great, then it kind of balances out. So yeah, you won't be able to have that crazy ride of getting, you know, doubling your money in two months like you might from an individual stock like a company that goes high really fast um but you'll be able to know that you're fairly secure so that if you buy you know an s p 500 index fund for example that if every uh, every one of these 500 companies would have to go completely bankrupt at the same time for you to lose all your money in the stock market mm. so um that is where I recommend beginners start when they're actually thinking about investing. But like I said, there's a lot of like pre-work that should go before you even think about investing. Okay, well, let's dive into that. What is the pre-work? What, what advice would you give to someone, to anybody who's like, I want to start investing. I know it's valuable, but like what, what's kind of our checklist before we start investing? Yes, so... My system is clarity first, then you get confidence, and then you start compounding. So the clarity you get by really evaluating your own financial situation. And the first thing that I always have my clients do is twofold. One is tracking their spending. 
and making sure that they are spending less than they make in any given month. Most people do not do this um, because it can be tedious. It can be hard to face. Mm -hmm. Some people just, it, it takes time. Um, yes, there are apps that can track your spending for you. If you're just getting started, I don't recommend them because they don't do a great job and they don't have a lot of accountability built in. So what I recommend, and I can also send you this for the show notes if you want, um, I have a spending tracker that I've created myself in Google Sheets. And every single month, and I still do this, and I've been doing this for like six years now, I think, every month I'll track every single thing that I spent any amount of money on. Everything from my rent to my um, my phone bill, my donation that I made, a restaurant that I went to, a friend that I Venmoed, everything. So I do that. And then I also have my clients track how much they make every month. So from their salary, if they have any other income sources, like for your clients, for example, it might be from a business as well. Um, track that and then measure it. Are you spending more than you make or less than you make? Because at that point, it's very simple. And if you're spending less than you make, that's great. Um, but the second question is, are you happy with how you're spending your money? And the next thing I would recommend people doing is kind of, and I do this with my clients as well. I have a lot of prompts for them, but you can also just think about it yourself or journal about it or whatever you need to do is think like, what really matters to me in life? Like, do I value um, spending quality time with my friends and family? So, or do I value um, work? Do I value professional development, education, um, some people really truly value like uh, aesthetics, like they really value their hair and their nails and their clothes. All of that is completely valid. Um, it just, and so what I really like about money is that you literally have a quantitative way to measure how much you value certain things by how much you spend on them. True. So for example, if you value quality time with your friends and family, um, you're probably spending a little bit more money on gas to get to them. You're probably spending money on restaurants or bars to spend time with these people. So um, doing an inventory of all of that kind of stuff is really important. And then if you find, wow, uh, my values are quality time with friends and family, but I spend most of my money on clothes. Like that's probably why you feel really crappy about the way that you're spending money. Mm. Um, so just to get an idea of all of that, is I would say the first step. And there are plenty of steps in between um, that and investing, but without going on a huge tangent, I would say those are the most important first steps. Sure. Yeah. And there's, um, so something I'd like to, I mean, well, to kind of dovetail what you're saying, like I'm definitely a person because I've in Ramit Sethi's book, I will teach you to be rich, which for the listener, if you have not read that book, we both highly recommend it. We were talking about it before we hit record. It's a great book. And um, Lindsay even said, like, when she talks to people, if they're like, what's a personal finance book I should read? She's like, this one. <laughs> this is hands down, like, the only one you really need. Uh, but it is a great book. And he talks about, like, a similar thing of, like, spend extravagantly on the things that you enjoy and cut back mercilessly on the things you don't enjoy. And he cares about, like, like if you want, for example, buying coffee. If you want to buy lattes, you can buy lattes. It's not a huge deal, you know, as long as you're covering all your bases. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I like what you're talking about. And it's, it's very freeing to think about money that way instead of feeling guilty about like going and eating out. It's like, well, that's just what I value for me personally. I don't care about clothes. 
I will buy cheap clothes, like no label. I don't care about having Gucci on my chest or anything. I'll literally go to like Ross or like Kohl's and I'm like, I got a pair of Levi's for like 10 bucks when I could have gone somewhere else and got them for 30 bucks. Like they're just Levi's and I don't care personally, you know, but when it comes to eating out, spending time with family and friends, I like great quality service. I like spending the time with them and splurging and whatnot. I, I just enjoy that stuff. So that's what I'll invest more money and time into. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. Like there's this fine, I guess it could be a fine line of like, if you have a lot of debt, I've heard from people that you should pay off your debt, obviously as fast as possible, which is obvious, but they say while that's happening, you should um, be saving as well. It, do you say you should be doing both of them at the same time? Or do you say like throw everything at your debt? What do you kind of recommend if someone is in that situation? Yeah. So that is something that everybody is going to be differently motivated by. Um, when I work with people, like I have a background in psychology, so I'm really, really intent on like, what's your motivation? What, you know, who are you as a person? What do you value? Um, for debt, Again, it depends on their situation, but I do recommend people having an emergency fund of at least $1,000 before they start getting really aggressive with debt because it can be really frustrating to be paying off your debt and then having an emergency come up and you're like, oh, look, I'm going into more going debt because it, yeah. I'm paying off my debt. Um, it's also something that if you've ever heard of Dave Ramsey, he recommends. He's a little controversial. He's a little intense for me, um, but he has really great advice on how to pay off debt. So for like a blanket statement, average person, if you have a lot of debt, um, start by putting together an emergency fund of $1,000, and then you can start paying off your debt a little bit more aggressively. Mm, for sure. Yeah. One thing I love that, that I was telling you that helped me pay off debt was from Ramit Sadie's book. And I, I just took it and was like, I'm going to do that. Was you said to, um, to be play offense when it comes to just finances in general, like even if it is paying off your debt, like most people play defense and they're kind of just like I'll pay my minimum, you know, or it's just kind of there. And then it's just lingering forever, which was me for so long. And then I got really aggressive with it. So like things I got for my clients, I threw a ton of money at my debt and I was able to just like, I got serious about it. More opportunities showed up. I made more money and just threw it all there. But me being like, I want to keep it, you know? And I was like, but I have debt. So I have to just throw it into it, you know, just to get it out of the way. Um, but it was the stuff like doing that and building up that resilience of actually you know, sticking with it allowed me to, to pay off that debt. And I think even when like, after you are out of debt, just being aggressive and, playing on offense, like even with saving and investing as well, as long as you're covering your basic kind of needs, of course. Yeah. And I love that you say that because I feel like people that pay off debt can really set themselves up even better than people that aren't in debt for being really aggressive with investing. Right. Because um, when you think about debt, right, every debt has an interest rate. So for example, let's say you have a car loan and the interest rate is 7% or something. When you pay off that car loan above and beyond your minimum payment, your quote unquote rate of return on that money is 7% because that means that you don't have to pay 7% on that money in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, when you're paying off debt, if this is motivating to anyone, which it should be, <laughs> <laughs> then 
you are investing in paying off your debt. You're getting a rate of return. So paying off your debt is kind of like investing, mm. but like pre-investing. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, like I said, I get like, you know, a big chunk of cash from rolling a couple clients or something. And I'm like, this is sweet. And it's like, I, I'm going to lose it all just by like pretty much throwing it at my debt. Um, but I just got to a point where I was like, I'm okay with that because, you know, when I don't have debt, then I can have that money and I'll be used to moving that money in different places and obviously taking care of myself and whatnot and the basic things I need. Um, but I can put that into my savings and it's like, wow, like how cool is that going to feel when I'm able to do that? And it was just like, yeah, so it is, it is the best investment that you can make is paying off your debt. I truly believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then once you're done paying off the debt, you can use like that same amount of money or maybe a percentage of that same amount of money and be like, okay, instead of paying off my debt, now I'm going to put it in my savings account. Now right. I'm going to put it into investments and things like that. Yeah. Or even like if you get used to putting a certain percentage to mm -hmm. debt, if it's not like a stupid amount being yeah. super aggressive, but if you're just doing like a bit more then yeah, when it's out, it's like you're used to putting that money aside. So now you can just put it into your savings or investing and it's exactly. just building up. Yeah, those habits for sure. Awesome. So what, I guess, what, based on your career with just money, and I, I like to hear from you about kind of like starting your business too, because like the people who listen to this obviously want to take care of their money, but it's always fun to hear from you. Uh, what do you wish someone would have told you early on in this career um, or in this journey of building passive income and building wealth? Oh gosh. Um, so many things are flying through my head right now. I think I wish someone would have told me that I should think about hiring a mentor, kind of like I touched on earlier. I should think about hiring a coach or a mentor and spending a little bit more on investing in my business up front. Mm. That is my personal advice that I wish I would have gotten advice that I would give to somebody looking to start a business is make sure that you have your personal finances in order before you start the business because it can be capital intensive at first especially if you do do it the way that I wish I would have done it and like hired somebody early on it will cost you more at first than you make most likely i don't know if you've had the same experience james 100%. um yeah <laughs> 100 yeah and so if you have your personal financial situation figured out first you may a realize you don't even need to put in the effort to starting a business because you have you've just been spending money on stuff that you don't really value or you might find that, oh, I do have money to invest in this and this is something that I value. So I do want to invest in a coach or whatever it is. Um, or if you're wanting to go full time with a business, then you should have at least, I'd say at least three months, ideally six months to a year of expenses saved up. So for example, if you spend like $3,000 a month, then you should have at least um, $18,000 saved up so that you can draw from it while you are starting your business because it really, really sucks having to find a full-time job because, and you already are disappointed in yourself and your business quote unquote failing. Um, and you don't want to have to just find any job 
during that situation. So I think I answered like three questions in one, but I hope that's helpful. No, that is helpful. I mean, investing in yourself is really big and I feel like it's, it is kind of like gambling, which is why it is, it is ideal to have a cushion. When I started, I did not, I paid off my car and I just wanted to start and I was an eager beaver and, uh, it, I had like, yeah, very little money saved up, but I was really young. I was still living with my, my parents and everything. I didn't have to pay rent or anything like that. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I wasn't, I also wasn't happy in my job. And I made the decision that if I do this, like, I know I'm going to enjoy this and I know it's going to pay off down the road, but I just want to make money doing things that I enjoy. So I don't care if I work a side job or something like that, as long as it's fun for me and I can cover my expenses, you know, and whatnot and take care of myself and the people I like, you know, then, uh, <laughs> I care about, I don't want to say I like, but, um, then, you know, my business will grow over time and I'll just keep working at it. And that was just kind of my mentality when I went into it. You know, if it was, if I could rewind time, obviously, and do it perfectly, I definitely would have saved up a lot more money because you, when you do invest in yourself, I've invested in people who promise me big things and then it doesn't happen. You know, ad agencies I've invested in and they're like, oh, just throw more money at it. And I'm getting notifications of three, $500 every couple of days of money I'm spending, not making, and it's going to my ad and nothing's happening. And I'm just like, bro, can something happen? And it's just like, that's just the game. But now it's got, it's bought me experience. And, um, I think Les Brown said it were like, you're, you're paying for the, the education that you need basically through experience. So you're, investing yourself and sometimes it falls short and it's just like you lose money and that's just what it is. But that's the, the journey of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. I think about it the same way. Like, yes, even though I lost money, quote unquote, on my first two like business ventures that I tried, it paid off so much once I started one that was actually successful and I learned from them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I learned a ton from all the ones that didn't work. And I think as long as you just stay in the game, you know, and you just don't quit, then and try and learn as much as you can from the the great things and the bad things. Like the failures teach us so much more. And I'd always hear that and everything from mentors and stuff. And I'm like, it's true. Like the failures teach you way more about what to do, what not to do, what you could do better. And if you just keep swinging, like you'll be successful. So, yeah. That's, that's the best advice that I could give to that. I wish someone told me early on. Yeah. Same. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure getting to know you and I appreciate you for sharing your knowledge on the podcast, the profit, your knowledge podcast. Uh, but Lindsay, where can people learn more about you get into your world and, uh, yeah. Where can people. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a website. It's, um, I can give it to you, James, for the show notes Mm -hmm. and it's your-money-bff.com all of my programs are on there as well so right now my main program is my course stress to invested where we go through you know really how to get started with investing how to get your finances in order in the first place a lot of the things that james and i talked about today Um, and then i also do one-on-one coaching that you can learn about on my website as well and you can reach me if you want to just reach out to me directly. You can reach me via email. There's also a form on my website for that. Killer. Yeah, we'll make sure we get all the links down in the description. And uh, for the listener, I mean, just take take an idea from this. If you have something that's really sticking with you, whether it's 
some places to look into in terms of investing or just getting started with your business, investing in yourself if you're ready to do that. Uh, if you're thinking about starting this business, finding a good mentor or really just getting aggressive with your debt and playing on offense rather than hiding and playing on defense. Whatever it is, take action on it because action's your only superpower. That's how you make great things happen in this world uh, and for yourself. So take what you learned here, get out there, make something happen, connect with Lindsay, and we'll see you in the next one.